and let's welcome Pastor Ben as he comes to the message. Thanks, Melanie. Hey, while you're standing, let me just uh, say a massive thank you to each and every one of you who came out yesterday to our I Love My Church morning, where essentially that's code for Working Bee, and uh, did a fantastic job at getting our Hope Kids world ready for launch. It is so exciting to see everyone put in the effort that by 9.30 yesterday, 95% of the work that we'd planned, and there was a lot to be done, had been done. So would you join me in thanking all those that came and served yesterday as you take your seat. Great. Well, you may be seated. So, so good. So next week, if you've been only with us for a couple of weeks or months, you won't yet have seen what Hope Kids World looks like. It is amazing. It is one of the, the blessings that we have here at this church. And um, next week, as part of launch, we're going to be running tours through Hope Kids World. So if you're a parent of a young child or maybe you've got friends and family members who've got young children, you want to go, I want to see what it looks like so I can actually tell them the story. Um, come and see our pastor, Josh and Kate, our kids pastors, and they'll happily take you through a tour of that. And maybe you've got uh, youth-aged kids and Pastor Ben and Amy will also be uh, available to talk through what happens through our youth group, and that's all next week. So uh, it's going to be exciting, exciting Sunday. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, I, I, um, I hope that if you're, you're married or in a relationship, that you've done something a little special, maybe surprised the one in your life. with. Uh, I, my, my wife woke up this morning. She stepped out of bed and almost stepped into a basket that I'd left there by surprise, which had a few little goodies in there, which we're going to enjoy later this evening once the day is done and we might sit back and enjoy a, a rom-com. I'm sure will be on the agenda. That'll be her choice of movie um, rather than action flick. Uh, just, it's one of those days. I just don't think I could do it. But um, Bonnie and myself and the team have been praying blessing over you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I shared with the team just around 3 John 2, it says, I pray that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And I've been praying, we've been praying that over you, and particularly in the area of marriages. On this Valentine's Day, I'm praying that you would experience strength in your marriages. If your marriage is in, in, in struggle or you're wrestling with things, I pray that you would find peace and you would find solution where you can continue to grow in strength in your marriages. But as we were praying for marriages, I, I, I had this revelation. I go, you know what? I've had the honor over the last year to do quite a few funerals. Now, it's never fun to... To, to farewell a loved one, but I, I, I see it as an honor. But I said to the team, I want to do more weddings. I want to pray for strong marriages, but how about we start? We see some started. And, and um, so I thought that I might help you out a little bit today. You see, Bonnie and myself met at a young adults retreat 17 or 18 years ago. It was love at first sight for me. It took me a little while to convince her to see me back the way I saw her, but we got there. And, um, and I, I heard there's actually a young adults barbecue pool day today. So I thought, look, let me help you um, just so that you're well equipped for your life ahead. And so I thought I'd give you some good Christian pickup lines that might just set the scene. Are you ready for it? Everyone's looking at me going, where's he going with this? Now, hold. now if you don't know their name, maybe you could start this way. You go, is your name Faith? Because you are the substance of things I've hoped for. Hey, you like, you like that one? 
Just bag that. Keep it for later. You never know. The Bible says to think about whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and I've been thinking about you all day long. Hey? How about that one? Maybe, maybe you're at your, your Bible study and you go, you know what? I can name the first couple of books of the Bible. There's Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. Speaking of Numbers, can I have yours? <laughs> See how I did that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, special. Girl, you're breaking the Old Testament law because you are working it on a Sabbath. Right? You're welcome. You're welcome. I have lost the crowd. Happy Valentine's Day. There's this event called the World Athletics Championship, and it was, it's held regularly, but it was, there was one in particular in 2011. And Usain Bolt, who is recognized as one of the greatest athletes that has ever lived, just ask him, he'll tell you, but he is literally one of the greatest athletes who has ever lived He'd won gold at Beijing. He dominated the sport for the years following. And in 2011, he lines up on the starting line of the men's final 100-meter sprint. And the crowd is, is vast. There's this large number of people that are in the audience and they're, and they're wondering and they're hoping and they're wishing and there's excitement, there's anticipation as what are they going to see. He's in the peak of his powers. They're wondering, not only is he going to win, that's, that's a likely occurrence, but will he set a new world record? Will we be present to see the fastest man on earth run the fastest time in history? And you can, you can feel the anticipation in the crowd. It's palpable as he lines up and the, the noise is overwhelming because he loves to work up the crowd as he stands behind the starting line. And you can almost feel the fear in the, in the eyes and the ears and the hearts of the, of the men that stood beside him trying to topple this great athlete. It just so happened that it was in a moment in history where the, the governing body had just changed the rules around false starts. Previously, you had a chance. If you false started once, you had a second chance. But they just changed the rules that there was a no chance false start. So if you broke the line before the starter's gun, then you were disqualified. And as the men lined up there ready to go, there was a hush came over the crowd as the anticipation of the start. And before the starter's gun could go off, Usain Bolt broke the line and there is this sense of despair he knows it the crowd knows it and the official that walked into his lane to face him and hold up the card knows it and if you actually you can watch this on the youtube clip if you watch that moment you can see the the anguish that's going on in usain bolt's mind as he starts to realize the chance that he is squandered the opportunity that he has missed he's he's gripped is gripped with anguish and he's grappling with this concept of oh my goodness what have i done life's a little bit like that at times isn't it i, I wonder what was going through his head 
I don't know about you, but if that was me in that situation where a, a, a world athletic championship medal is, is almost assured just by your amazing ability, wouldn't you wonder, go, can I have that again? Can I go back to the start and can we just pretend that this never happened? Can I go back to the start? But unfortunately, in that situation, the rules were clear and he was disqualified. Life can be like this. I mean, the start, the start is a beautiful place. It's, it's full of anticipation. It's full of opportunity. It's full of potential. We, we, we see what could be. There's excitement and anticipation of all those things. It's also a great reference point because it gives you information in regards to what you need to do. Like if you're on the starting line and you can see the finish line, you know you're up for a sprint. But if you can't see the finish line, you know you're in for a marathon. And so there's a reference point that the starting line gives us. It gives us insight. Athletes understand the importance of a good start. They work hard and tirelessly in their training to get a good start because a good start sets you up for a good finish. And we know in life that this is important. You, 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 you bring a child into the world and you create a nurturing and nourishing environment. Environment. You give them opportunity to, to be around loved ones and be around family and be around friends and you create opportunities for education. You know that if the foundations of a child's life are strong, they have a greater chance of doing well into their future. It's the same concept when you're building a house. You get the foundations right, you have a greater opportunity to have this great and strong structure on top. But if you don't start right, then the house can fall down around you. And there's foundations that if I start well, have a better chance of succeeding. But all, for all the potential in the start, we have these moments like Usain Bolt where we miss the mark. We miss the start. We miss the opportunity and we come face to face with the reality of our weaknesses and our frailty. And before the race begins, we're disqualified. And the same question that no doubt was going around Usain Bolt's mind goes around ours. Can I have that again? Can I start again? Can I go back to the start? In Genesis 1, we are given insight into the starting line for humanity. God gives us a starting line. He gives us a reference point. He gives us a position by which we know what the race is that we are to run. And I want to read it to you in Genesis 1, verse 27 to 28. I'm reading out of the NIV version. It says this, and I have it on the screen for you. It says, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, he created them. And it says, God blessed them. There's your starting line. God blessed them. And he said to them, essentially, run this way. He says, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God blessed them. From the outset, he showed his unmerited favor. From the outset, he just demonstrated grace. Before we could even show our worth, he said we were worthy. Right at the start. 
But then there's this moment before the starter's gun ever had a chance to go off. Humankind missed the star. We made the mistake. We upset the order of things. And instead of outworking our purpose from a position of blessing according to God's plan, we flipped the script and we started to outwork our purpose according to our plan. And it looked rather than working from blessing, we continued to strive and toil towards blessing, but always falling short. And in our heads constantly, the question continues to rage, can we go back to the start? Because rather starting with God, we started with us. And sadly, Genesis outlines the consequence of that decision, where once we had intimacy with God, closeness and proximity, we now find ourselves distanced from Him. Because sin can't be where God is. Distant from His blessing. Not because He moved, but because we moved. Because we missed the start. And where once we lived under the ease of His favour, now we're resigned to toiling to try and gain His approval. And no matter how hard we try, we keep falling short. And so again, the question goes over and over in our head, can, can I go back to the start? Can I have this again? Can we try this again? I wish life was like our computers sometimes. You know when you get a glitch in your computer? You just turn it off and then you turn it back on again and like it just reboots and the glitch disappears most of the time. Wouldn't life be great if it was like that? You go, well, I, oh, I don't like the direction I'm going. I'm just going to turn off and start again. But life's not like that. There's other aspects in life where we can start again. It's expensive if you build your foundation, foundation wrong in your house, but technically you could plow it back to bare earth and start afresh on those things. Even Usain Bolt, he missed that race, but he would get to run more races in his, in his, in his future. He would win something like eight gold medals and multiple championships and a whole lot of different things to become one of the greatest men athletes in the world, in the history of the world. So he still got second chances, but life isn't like that. And Paul actually describes the state that we find ourselves in. In Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 3, he says this, As for you, you were dead. And that's strong, Paul, but this is what he's saying. You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Oh man, I want to go back to the start. I don't like what Paul is saying here. I want to start again. There's this man by the name of Nicodemus who comes to Jesus in the night. Now you've got to understand that that's, at that time, Jesus is on earth and he's causing a stir I mean, this is, a, this is a man who was born into humble circumstances, born into a, into a town that wasn't a holiday destination by any stretch of the imagination. He was born into a, into a, into a, into a, a barn, essentially, and placed in a feeding trough. His, his circumstances of his birth were not spectacular, apart from the angels, they were pretty good. But the, the actual, where he landed wasn't that spectacular. In his 
growing up as a young man, he followed the trade of his earthly father and became a carpenter. The Bible says there was nothing about him that was overly appealing that would draw us to him, but it was, it was quite ordinary. But now he steps into this place of ministry. Well, all of a sudden, at the sound of his teaching, as he utters just profound moments that only people can say, this must be from heaven, miracles start to occur. The blind start to see, the, the lame are healed, and all of a sudden there's, wow, is this the Messiah that has been promised? Is He the one? Is there a chance that I can go back to the start through Him? Now, the Pharisees at the time were the, 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 the Jewish ruling party, and they were the ones that would help protect the law of Moses. And Jesus didn't fit into their box. They were concerned by His influence and Nicodemus was one of them. And Nicodemus in the night comes to Jesus because he doesn't want the difficult conversation with his peers by them seeing him with Jesus. But you can, you can almost feel the curiosity in Nicodemus's heart. The Bible doesn't say the question, but you can sense the same question that we've all asked. Can I go back to the start? Can I start again? And Jesus says this, amazing comment in John 3 3 he says very truly I tell you no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again whoa, 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 whoa. hang on wait wait unless this is back to the start language this is second chance language this is I can go back to the start type of language what it, Nicodemus's head is blown it's, it's like, oh my goodness, he's trying to work out how he's going to fit back into his mother's womb. He's trying to work it out physically and Jesus goes, no, 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 you don't understand. This is not a physical rebirth, this is a spiritual rebirth, is what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, what? You mean there's a chance? There's a chance where even though I, I'm disqualified now, there's a chance that I can go back to the start, that I can start this again, that I can experience rebirth, a new start. And Jesus lands with this profound statement in this conversation. He says, no one, in verse 13 of John 3, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. You're, you're looking at Him. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And Jesus prophesied of what would happen where He would be raised up on a cross, His body broken, His blood shed for you and I, which would give us the opportunity to go back to the start. And he says this in verse 15, that everyone, say everyone, everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. I thought, Paul, you said dead in sin, deserving of wrath, essentially disqualified. I thought there was no way back. And here Jesus presents a great promise. He says, I am the way. I am the way. And all of a sudden, for those of us who knew our disqualification, we have an option to come back. We have good news. Keep reading. John 3, 16, we sung it in the first song. It says, for God so loved the world. You see, this is not past tense love of God. This is now tense love of God. Yes, He loved you then and He loves you now. The same love that He had when He sent His Son is the same love that He has for you right now. And His grace continues to be extended towards you because of His love. And for God so loved the world that He did this, He gave. 
He gave his one and only son, a gift we didn't deserve and didn't earn. Sounds a whole lot like the starting line, and God blessed them. Before we had a chance to prove our worth, God said, you are worthy. And before we could do anything to appease our sin life, God says, no, I love you and I send you my son. My grace is towards you through the son, his son, Jesus Christ. And then he says this, and whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes. You see, there's no conditions to this grace except one, and that is belief. That's as simple as it. You are in the whoever. It doesn't matter what culture you come from, what background you've grown up, what your family life looks like. It doesn't matter if you attend church every Sunday, you cover and do all the religious rituals that people think that we need to do. It doesn't matter your likes and your preference, your dislikes. You are included in the whoever. And the only condition to walk into this grace is to say, I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, that he is the way. And in Jesus, God offers humankind the opportunity to go back to the start. And God blessed them. And God blessed them. This is good news. This is great news. And maybe today you've come into church and this is your first time experiencing, maybe it's your first time hearing what God has done through us, to us, for us, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Maybe it's the first time you've heard that there is a God that loves you, and no matter what you've done, He wants you to come back into relationship, and we can do that through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can go back to the start. But what about the dead and sin part? What about the deserving of punishment and wrath? Well, I dudded you out of the rest of the passage. So can I read you the full passage now? so that you can experience what God has got for us. So let's read it again. Ephesians 2, I'm going to read now from verse 1 right through to verse 10. Follow it with me. As for you, you were dead. Hang on, that's past tense. Paul's setting us up here for a, for a promise. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, that's a welcome but. That's a happy but. That's a great but. That is one that we want in our, in our journey, in our story. It's back to the start language here that God introduces through Paul. He says, but because of His great love for us, some of you struggle to experience or know that God loves you. Sometimes we go through periods of life where our circumstances paint a picture where we think, God doesn't love me. If He loved me, I wouldn't be walking through this. And sometimes our experience doesn't match the truth. But can I tell you, this line here is something that we can anchor our lives to. And whenever we question in our minds, does God love me? We read this and it says, because of His great love for us. And so if you've ever questioned God's love, can I encourage you? Can I implore you? Can I speak into your heart? God loves you. For God loved us. For His great love towards us. God, who is rich in mercy. I'm reading again made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace. 
unmerited favor that you have been saved. We can go back. We can go back. You can go back to the start. And he blessed them. And he blessed them. He presented the starting line. And now he's presented the solution. We can go back to the start. It is by grace. Oh, it keeps getting better. Paul's just on a roll and he writes in verse 6 and it says, And God raised us up with Christ. You see, God restores our position in Him. Not by what we've done, but by what He's done, by His grace. And He seated us with Him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace. Expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And in case you missed it the first time, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork. You've got to understand, you are fashioned. You are created. You are made by a loving and living creative God. And I figured that if He created us, He knows what's best for us. And He has purpose, and He has works, and He has a life to be lived right here, right now. And this is why, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so in Jesus, we can go back to the start. That's why the Bible refers to Him as the second Adam. What Adam, the first Adam, wasn't able to do, Jesus was. He was able to, and He ushers into us the new covenant, the new promise, the promise that we can go back to where God started. I love Jesus brings order to the chaos that we introduced. And instead of striving and toiling towards grace, now He offers us to stand in grace and live out our purpose and life from it. I want you to catch that. We don't have to strive towards His approval. We are approved now and we live from it. We don't have to reach for His blessing. We are blessed now and we walk in it. Are you getting me? It's start, the starting line with God is, and He blessed them. It is by grace you've been saved, not by works. Your value is not determined by what you do. It's determined by what He's done for you and it's determined by His love towards you. We can go back to the start. I wonder if the team could come and join me on stage. You see, salvation is so much more than spending eternity with Him. It's so much more than our sins being forgiven. I mean, if, if it was just that, that would be enough to continue to praise God for the rest of our days. But God is a God of more. He's a God of plenty. He's a God of over and above and abundance. And He gives us so much more that it's not just about the day that will come when we enter into, eternal, into eternity but He wants us to live life now in the purposes that He's made for us, the prepared works that He's got for us. And the starting line gives us a reference of how we are to run. It creates that reference point. I love all throughout the New Testament, it speaks of our life being likened to a race. Paul writes, he says, I've run the race, I've fought the good fight. He encourages his protege to run to win. One of the greatest places about the race in the New Testament is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Just like 
Usain Bolt on that starting line, there was this crowd that surrounded him. And if he ever had any self-doubt or, or unbelief in himself, the crowd would, you can do it. You're a champion. You can win. We believe in you. And sometimes life is difficult because we feels like we are running alone. But there is a crowd that surrounds us. And they are the men and women who have gone before. They are the men and women who have carried the same questions that you have, the same hang-ups that you have. They've walked through the same weaknesses and the frailty that you see in yourself. Yet they decided not to try and work towards God, but they worked from the blessing that God gave them and they ran their race. And now they stand in the seats and they cheer us on, saying, you can do it. I wonder if you can hear in your spirit the roar of those that have gone before. It's your race to run. It's your time to do it. Don't look at your weaknesses. Look at His strength because God wants you to run, but run from grace, not to it. And this is what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It's not a race where we compete against each other. This is a race where we live with single focus, following and passionately chasing the purpose that God has got on our lives. That's what he means when you run the race. I'm not competing with you. I'm focused like an athlete who's honed their body, ready to run what God has for us in front of us. He says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer. One version says the author. One, another version says the initiator. He's at the start. He's the one who started it. This is where it starts. And the perfecter of our faith is where it ends as well. It starts and ends with Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And so, at the right hand of the throne of, the, of God. Wow. We can go back to the start. For us who have accepted the salvation, for us, for us who have been born again, we understand the amazing power of what it means to have a second chance, maybe a third chance, maybe a fourth chance, because His grace continues to give us that opportunity to go back to the start. One of the challenges is that we might experience that first journey back in grace, but we get stuck in old thinking we're no longer are we walking from grace, but we somehow think we've got to continue to try and find God's approval in what we do. And we, we step out of walking in grace and we step back into striving. And there's a few excuses that I've discovered in my life that I've spoken to myself. And maybe this will help you. These are the things that we have to throw off. These are the things that hinder and entangle us. And these are the things that we have to let go of so we can run what God wants us to run. I've said to myself, I'm not worthy to do anything meaningful for God. But thankfully, my worth is not determined by what I think, but it's determined by what He thinks about me. He says that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Our worth doesn't come from what we do. It comes from what Jesus has done for us. You can go back to the start. 
I'm not sure God will accept me, is another question that I've asked myself. But then I read in Hebrews that we are now able to boldly and with confidence approach the throne of God. It sounds a whole lot like acceptance. We can go back to the start. I've said to myself, I'm too weak or broken to do anything meaningful for God. But he says, even though you're weak, I am strong. He says, not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It doesn't start with you, it starts with him. You can go back to the start. I've said this, I'm too fearful to do anything meaningful for God. But perfect love casts out all fear. And so therefore we fix our eyes on Jesus, the picture of perfect love. And we do not allow fear to stop us from outworking the purpose that God has got in our life because it's His grace that we walk from, not to. But Ben, you don't know what I've done. The mistake or mistakes that I've made will mark me for the rest of my life. And I want to clearly tell you today, God is not into the renovation business. He doesn't just slap a coat of paint over your life or bog up the gaps which you've got. He says that if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. He's about taking you right back to the start. And when you enter into a relationship with Christ, you're not a renovated form of yourself. You are a new creation. It is by grace that you've been saved through faith. Not by what you've done, not by who you've been. But you are a new creation. And those things that you've done, the Bible, he it says he casts it as far as the east is from the west and he remembers it no more. The grace of God towards you. I wonder if you'd stand with me. We can go back to the start. While you're standing there, I want to ask a really important question. I want to do two things. I want to ask an important question to those that maybe have never heard the gospel of good news that is, that God loves you and He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you so that you can go back to the start. That's in a simplified form. Or maybe you once did, but you've walked away and today you've gone, wow, I've got to go back home. But then I also want to minister to those who, those who know God, who've experienced His salvation, but you've fallen into old patterns of thinking where all of a sudden you're trying to strive through life to find acceptance, whereas you can rest in God's acceptance and walk out your purpose. But first, if you don't know God, or you've never invited Him into your life, if you've never believed on the name of Jesus and said, God, I have made mistakes, I've missed the start, and now I want to go back to the start. I want to have a fresh chance in life. I accept your love, I accept your forgiveness in Jesus. If that's you, or maybe you once did, but you've walked away, and today you're saying, you know what, I need to come home. Just as every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if that's you this morning, I want you to just raise your hand up high so that I can see who I'm praying for. Thank you, I see that hand. Right across this place. I'm just going to give this a, a, a moment. If you're responding today, I wonder if you just place your hand on your heart right now and let me pray for you. And as I pray for you, I want you just to continue just to agree God, I pray for those that are responding, those that are coming towards you, those that are saying, I want to go back to the start. And God, today, as they whisper those prayers under their, 
under their breath, Lord, I pray that you would continue to remind them of how much you love them. God, that you would continue to draw them to yourself. God, that you would help them understand that they are forgiven. Lord, as they believe on the name of Jesus, as they seek you for forgiveness, God, I pray that they would experience your grace like never before, that they would experience the assurance that comes with knowing you and knowing their eternity. And God, I pray your blessing upon them and your favor towards them. And for everyone else, we're going to sing this song. And if you found yourself striving towards God, I want to encourage you right now, it's time to let go and rest in His grace. And we're going to sing this song. And if that's you, if you go, you know what, I've got the order wrong and I'm trying to run my own race rather than run His. I'm trying to work towards grace rather than from it. If you recognize that in yourself right now, and it could be for a myriad of reasons, I wonder if you just throw your hands up towards heaven and say, God, that's me. And as we sing this, do business with God. And let me pray for you as we do. Heavenly Father, right now over your people, God, I pray that we would have a fresh revelation of your grace towards us, that we would know that right from the start, you have blessed us. And even when we made the mistake, God, you have blessed us again through your son, Jesus Christ. And it is by your grace that we are saved. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, why don't we sing together? Why don't we engage God? Why don't we worship Him? Thank you.